Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that 3-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Hey guys, I'm RJ Bell, and we are straight out of Vegas, joined by pregame pros. Brad Powers, with all the college knowledge, and Steve Fezzik, the number one NFL expert and only two-time Super Contest champion. It's week two of the NFL, and we'll be previewing all the big games, including best bets. But first, we're going to do the Vegas reaction to today's college football action. And here's my personal promise about the next two hours. If you bet sports, you can't afford not to listen and every fan will learn things that others are missing. We're joined from the Fox Studios by the fan champ, Jonas Knox. Thanks, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ric Flair just got married, so it's a, it's a big night for Nature Boy, and to be uh, in his company is, uh, is a big one. Yeah, huge, huge college football Saturday. Tons going on, major upsets, big-time spreads, that net, and favorites that did not come through. A huge Saturday in college football. No doubt about it. And we got Brad Powers. And just all day, Brad's been sending in observation after observation. And here's the key, because we do it, Jonas, as you know, from the Vegas perspective. The key is how can we find the takeaways 
that matter in the future. Yeah, and, and I think uh, as far as like if you were to just go around from game to game, there's always a scenario that plays out inside each game following it. Um, the big one, the big matchup, LSU and Auburn going at it at Auburn, LSU coming away with a win on the road. I think it's a huge, huge win for Ed Orgeron, the biggest of his career so far at LSU. Okay, so obviously that's the game that is an eye popper. And what we have to ask ourselves is, what really happened, Brad Powers? Well, uh, first and foremost, a very impressive performance early on by LSU. LSU was supposed to struggle against Auburn in the run game. LSU's got a couple of offensive linemen out. Auburn's got a top five defense. What does LSU? Punches Auburn in the mouth early in the game. It's 10 nothing, and I'm like, whoa. This LSU team might be for real. And then what happens after that? For the next 20 minutes or so, Auburn pretty much dominates LSU. Is up 11, middle of the third quarter. Look, let's face it. Auburn's favored by 11, middle of the third quarter, up 11. Game's pretty much playing out to expectation. Then LSU gets a couple of fortunate breaks, a couple turnovers, a couple fortunate receptions by their wide receivers. One, they take it back. Auburn misses a field goal. LSU makes one in the final play. Boom, bang. LSU outright upset as a double-digit underdog. And to me, isn't that the way games go? Like, what is the scenario that a double-digit dog wins and dominates every quarter? It's like, that's, that's what I don't get, and quite frankly, we got to get away from, is this effort to try to say, well, it was 10 nothing, then it was 10-10, then it was 30-10, to and then too late touch. Who cares? It's a four-quarter game. Yep. What was the final? 22-21. Okay. And if the game were played again... What, were, what, would you, what was the odds coming into the game? Auburn was a 10-point favorite. Okay. What would you make the line if they replayed next week? I would make Auburn 5-point favorite. So really, and that's a huge net adjustment of 5 points. Yep. How much of that is a downgrade from LSU? How much is – or an upgrade for LSU, downgrade for Auburn? Well, I think it's almost evenly split. And keep in mind, I expected Auburn not only to up to expectation for this game, I expected them to cover. I would have leaned the Auburn way. So uh, LSU, I just think typically Ed Orgeron is a guy that everyone you know looks and rolls their eyes, their fan bases. I would say the general betting market does. And maybe I just haven't had a firm grasp of it because all Ed Orgeron does is cover 16-8 and 8 against the number last 24 games. I, I'm just upgrading LSU because I had them lower than the market coming into the game. So, Jonas, you've been back and forth with Orgeron in regards to, well, on one hand, he seems to be doing better than expected. On the other hand, not better than Les Miles. As of today, where are you with Orgeron? It's a huge win for Ed Orgeron. He, coming in, it always felt like he was a guy that everybody really wanted to get the job. You know, whether he was qualified enough to get it, they just really wanted to rally around him to get the job. So you're saying, you're saying internally. You're yes. saying players. Yes. You're saying the support staff, et cetera. Yeah, it felt like the fan base was kind of fractured as to, as to getting rid of Les Miles. If you remember, there was a report that leaked out the year before Les Miles ended up getting fired that said they were going to fire him. And then he went and did a coach's show in Baton Rouge and there were fans crying there a little girl who was crying in the crowd and then the AD came out afterwards and said no we're not getting rid of Les Miles and then four games into the next season he was gone so that was the plan when they saw the temperature of the room and the fan base they realized oh we can't get rid of this guy yet and then they waited until he had a couple of tough losses I want to say the last one being to Auburn on a last second loss to Auburn uh, and it might have been at Auburn at the time 
and they decided we're going to part ways. Ed Orgeron was brought in, and it felt like everybody really wanted him to be to be the head coach and the next guy there, as opposed to the guy who was really deserving to be. And I just I don't know the upgrade that he brings to LSU. I haven't seen it, but this was a huge win for him on Saturday. No doubt about that. And my closing thought, I think Colin Cowherd really said it best talking to C. And his point was they win because there's no other option. It's unacceptable to lose. And in a way, it feels like Orgeron, it's a, I don't even think compromise is the word. It's like accepting less than LSU deserves. Meaning, Ohio State, great team. You can make the case Urban Meyer is going to win a game or two himself in a given year. Nick Saban, go down the list of the really, really great teams. And then think about the time that you got the nice guy in. So Miami had an amazing run leading to, uh, you know, the early 2000s. They were dominant. And then they brought in a nice guy, and all of a sudden the program, and again, maybe other factors there, program drops off. I, I, when has the nice guy, and maybe we can say Tom Osborne was the nice guy, but to some degree, maybe that was him putting on a show too, <laughs> right? Was. But but if if we let me pose this and and to Brad or Jonas, anyone jump in who has an opinion, tell me a team that's reached the highest level of college football over even three or four years. I'm not saying decades. I'm saying more than a year or so the highest level that had a coach that you would say, you know, he's more beloved than he is talented. Because wouldn't we say that about Orgeron? He's more beloved. Whatever talent he has, he's more beloved. Urban Meyer is it? Nick Satan. I mean, Saban <laughs> isn't. So name me that uh, was Pete Carroll. I think he obviously knew how to have a brand, a player-friendly brand. But, boy, he, he's been talented. I, I want to say Jim Tressel at Ohio State. Uh, I thought he always had a good reputation. That's why I think people were so shocked when this when the story came out about the tattoos and lying for his players. Like I always felt like, and if you ever talked to Jim Tressel, such a good guy. Never got back into coaching. Um, I think he was at Youngstown State. He's an administrator there. If he's no AD, AD, yeah, Youngstown okay, State. AD there. I just Tressel always had a sparkling reputation. I think the idea that he did lie and tried to cover up the tattoos and all that stuff, and now we look back at it after all the scandals since then and we go, well, that's not that big of a deal. But I think he was one of the guys that I can think of that was a really good guy that a lot of people really liked. Uh, not one of these raw, raw trash talkers. Uh, not going to take his shirt off at practice or throw footballs at the Sistine Chapel like Jim Harbaugh. Just coached his team and won a bunch of games. Yeah, true enough. Uh, but very uh, strong with the discipline, Trestle. It, it certainly wasn't permissive. I'm R.J. Bell, straight out of Vegas. That was just Jonas Knox. Last question to Brad Powers. If LSU, who's the best young coach in college football that doesn't have a top tier job? Just off the boom. Neil Brown, Troy. Okay. If Troy, if Neil Brown took over the LSU job and you had a bet, will LSU win a title in the next five years? How much more excited are you with Neil Brown than Orgeron? I'm, I'm a lot more excited. And to me, that's the issue. If LSU wants to be the Northwestern of the SEC, hey, you got the guy. But in the SEC, it's about national ch- – I mean, think about the fact that Les Miles got run out with the performance he had. 
won an national championship, although uh, it was a rare year where they won a national championship with two losses, but still ran out of town even though he won a national title for LSU. One of their only one of only two national titles for LSU in the last 50 years. All right, we've got a list of games here, and let's get to the next one. We're just going to go down the games and give you the information that really matters. Alabama, favored by 22, crushes Ole Miss 62-7. Brad. So, Ole Miss scores first offensive play, 75-yard touchdown after that total domination. Alabama just completely dominates quarterbacks, quarterback position. Uh, same, three quarterbacks is what Alabama used. Tua started the game, played a quarter and a half. At that time, it was already Alabama up five touchdowns. Then Jalen Hurts comes in, plays about a quarter. At that time, Alabama's up about seven touchdowns. And the third-string quarterback closes out the game for Alabama. Total domination. The big takeaway I got, I, I think, obviously, this is the best offense Saban has had at Alabama. And now we're getting to the point that this could be, if the offense has that kind of ceiling, uh, I would say this borderline of the defense continues to improve could be the best team that Nick Saban's had at Alabama so a lot of hypotheticals here yeah. so as of right now is this the best Nick Saban team in Alabama no I'm not ready to say that okay and it's because of what because it's the best is it the best offense it is the best off right now right. game three best offense Nick Saban's had okay game I don't know what game three means three games in Okay, but our job is to assess <laughs> our job is to assess how good a team is given the given. So would you say right now, given the givens, understanding we only have three games, this is the best Nick Saban offense? Yes. Okay. And the defense is the question. Yeah, it's still relatively inexperienced, not as talented as the last couple of years, but I mean obviously still a lot of four and five star recruits on that side of the ball. Okay. Speaking of the Ohio State University. When we come back, we're going to break down their game against TCU. And Jonas Knox is with us at the Fox Studios. That's all next here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm Jonas Knox, Fox Sports Radio, voice of the fans. Guys, let's get to the big game at the Jerry Dome. Ohio State, a 13-point favorite, beating TCU 40-28. to Hmm, let me do the math here. Uh-oh, underdog cover, Brad. What's your main takeaway? Yeah, but an underdog cover only by one point. So if Hey, it cashes. <laughs> it cashes, but you know, generally speaking, none, not neutral. No need to upgrade or downgrade any team. I'm saying, no, that's not going to be the case. I'm going to be downgrading Ohio State specifically little bit of a de- deceiving game. I mean, the Buckeyes, give them credit, forced three turnovers. Two of them returned for touchdowns. Look at the yards, pretty much even. And I think the biggest downgrade for the Buckeyes actually comes from a key injury. The best defensive player in college football, it's either Ed Oliver from Houston or Nick Bosa, the defensive end, who is the best pass rusher in college football. He's out with a groin injury. So net-net all in the game. Slight downgrade for Ohio State, but a point or so for Nick Bosa. About a one-and-a-half point downgrade for the Buckeyes. Okay, so Vegas downgrading the Buckeyes. They barely lose the cover, but they lose. One question about this game. How do you think Ohio State responds to the return of Urban Meyer? I think it's a, obviously it's a positive. Uh, you, <laughs> you think so? Well, yeah. I mean, well, look, uh, he's not there on a game day, so it's about a point downgrade. He's been coaching the team the last couple of weeks as far as in-week preparation to have him on the sidelines, a Hall of Famer. And th- that's a point of upgrade for the Buckeyes. Okay, now here's the I want to ask a more sophisticated question. Obviously, Urban Meyer is valuable. The 
emotions of his return. So I'm not talking about game eight, game nine. I'm saying the next game, who's the Buckeyes play? Tulane. Okay. Do they run it up here? Is there a sense that they run it up? Do you not have a feel for it? What's the emotions of his return? Yeah, I don't have a strong feel for it. In fact, many have noticed that the Buckeyes have been actually more aggressive offensively these first three games. I don't know if it's a different personnel. Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback, they're able to throw the ball down the field. But compared to the last two, three years of Ohio State's offense, last three games they've been much different, much more aggressive than what they were, you know, when Irvin Meyer was at the controls. Guys, before we get to the next game, I want to let you know we are brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger for the ones who get it done. Texas was a three-point favorite over USC going into their game in Austin, and it was a blowout late in that game. No question about it. I mean, but if you flipped on early in the game, you saw USC come out with hair, their hair on fire, 14-3 to early after that Texas dominate. 34 nothing run to close out the game. Very important win for this program for Tom Herman. Finally gets a little bit of pressure off his back. You could almost feel watching the game a sense of relief from the fan base that had a little bit of exuberance at the end of the game. On the flip side... Back- hold, hold on one second. I want to talk about this... USC home road split and the numbers and when we previewed last night on straight out of Vegas the numbers were stunning give us how USC does at home how do they do on the road perfect at home under head coach Clay Helton they're 17-0 straight up on the road they're now 10-12 and straight up but more important because this is Vegas 6-16 and against the number Huge, as big as disparity, home and away as any team in college football. So, do you? We talked about it last night. The USC coach, if you just look at the end of the year, the last two years, performance not bad, but if it's felt disappointing, especially last year, any sense that you know what level he needs to achieve to keep his job and specifically. Big game on deck Friday night. No no question about it. Uh, to keep his job, I think, with a true freshman, a quarterback in JT Daniels, Clay Helton's got to go 8-4, and 9-3-ish type. He's already won in two, so can't suffer too many so more seven and 7-5, seven and five, you think he gets fired. He's a favorite to be fired at 7-5. and five. I'd say it's even money at 7-5. and five. Okay. <laughs> so he doesn't necessarily have to go 9-3. and three. Yeah, it's more 7-5, and 8-4-ish. and four-ish. Well, let me ask you this. Is it... Do they factor in the fact that he lost a starting quarterback who is a top three pick in the NFL and could be a, a, an eventual superstar in the league? I mean, the downgrade from Sam Darnold to the backup this year, how much do you think that factors into his future? Here's my thought, Jonas. If, if Darnold was so good at the college level, why didn't they win more with him? Right. It, That's you true. can't have it both ways. Yeah. You can't say, hey, we met expectations. Oh, by the way, we lost the best college player of all time. Yeah, right? And obviously that's not what you're saying, but it seems like it's a seesaw, right? How good – if you say Darnold was great, well, that might excuse this year, but it puts more scrutiny on last year. And there's been an, – and out here in L.A., there's an unrealistic expectation from USC coach. Ever since Pete Carroll, it's why there's been such a turnstile of coaches. And it's just – there's been embarrassing situation after embarrassing situation, whether it be Lane Kiffin getting fired on the tarmac or Steve Sarkeesian uh, showing up hammered to games and or pep rallies. And now you've got Clay Helton, who was a safe pick, but is he a quality enough head coach to coach these guys up? Uh, because you're seeing Sam Darnold really evolve already in the NFL and do things that maybe he didn't think were possible at that level with that kind of coaching. 
seems almost similar to the Orgeron discussion, right? Is what is the cost in college football of having an elite talent? Oftentimes it's a trade-off when it comes to those institutional intangibles. I'm R.J. Bell. Jonas Knox in the Fox Studios. Brad Powers with all the college knowledge. Bad day for the Big Ten. Three teams. Is it three or four? Four. 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 There's an update. Breaking news. Four. (laughs) Four teams lose as double-digit favorites. Wisconsin, favored by 23, loses to BYU. So we do this podcast each and every week at pregame, and I think an excellent handicap coming into that is one by one of the pros, Ken Thompson, said, hey, BYU is not going to be outmanned, at least at the physical point of attack against Wisconsin. Why? Because a lot of these BYU kids coming off their two-year Mormon missions are 22- and 23-year-old men. And from what I saw in that game, unlike most games, 9-10 games out of the year with Wisconsin where they just out-physical an opponent, not the case against BYU. That was a straight-up even game. Nothing fluky about it. BYU deserved to win. And, it, you know, big boxing match tonight, and Canelo wins. But there's the famous boxing saying, and we'll talk about that boxing a little bit, is styles make fights. I would make the following case. Ken Thompson was very uh, at, prescient, we'll call it. Or sometimes you might say, hey, you get a premonition that the matchup would favor BYU. Now, that still doesn't excuse losing as such a big favorite. No one's saying it. But do you downgrade Wisconsin less because they had a matchup disadvantage? No, I still downgrade them significantly. But less. I didn't ask if it's significant. Yeah, it's a little bit less than I typically would. See, that confuses me. How can we say it's important before the game? And then when it happens, because Fez is famous for saying, hey, the wind's going to blow a little bit, and that's why I'm playing Team A. Team A wins by 40, and he says, yeah, you know, Team B, I'm not going to downgrade him because the wind was blowing. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's one, it's one or the other. or I'm sorry, it's not one or the other, meaning it's a spectrum. So maybe if Wisconsin had an even matchup, he downgrade him three points. Because the matchup was to their disadvantage, maybe it's two. Still a big downgrade, but significantly less because of the matchup. Yeah, but on that behalf, uh, I'll say this. As physical as BYU was, I thought BYU would be a little banged up or tired. They played to-the-wire games back-to-back weeks against Power 5 opponents. Meanwhile, Wisconsin played a couple cupcakes, tomato cans in New Mexico uh, and, and, and Western Kentucky. So I expected Wisconsin to be fresh, and yet BYU can handle at the point of attack physically. I just thought they'd be a little bit tired. So that's why I'm still downgrading Wisconsin significantly. So, Jonas, what was your takeaway on Wisconsin? I, I just – was the line wrong? Because there are 23 – Yes. Fa- <laughs> and, and clearly, but but I mean, looking back at it, and I know this is sort of a hindsight's 2020, and we can all play that game all day long, but if you looked at it and, – and Brad made a, a great point talking about, you know, the key positions on defense where they've got first-year starters at Wisconsin, and they were exposed by BYU in this game. Well, if that's the case, why wasn't – was that factored into the line before the game? Not correctly, obviously. And, and, and I think just the, the reason why it was such a big spread is I'm not sure the power rating on BYU is appropriate. Obviously, Wisconsin had a great season last year. BYU, on the flip side, had a historically bad season for that program. Big win against Arizona, but I think a lot of people saw how bad Arizona was. 
and kind of threw that win in the opener out the window, and we're still treating this BYU team as an average team at best. Maryland, next game, favored by 15.5, loses to 0-2 Temple, 35-14. And it was even more dominant than that. And keep in mind, Temple came in 0-2 with losses to Buffalo and Villanova. This isn't the Temple. Who's the Buffalo coach? Uh, Lance Leopold. Boy, see, it's hard to it's hard to trick you. Go. Yeah. He coached at Wisconsin Whitewater. Okay, don't brag. You don't <laughs> oh, need to brag. Uh, hold on, hold there on. Don't goes. need to brag. All right, continue. Yeah, I mean, the stunning part of this one, 35-14, nothing fluky. In fact, Temple should have won by more. Maryland's two touchdowns came via non-offensive touchdowns. So Temple dominated from start to finish. A shocking result. Here's my question. It's going to blow your mind. You ready? You might need a piece of paper or a pencil. I'm not going to judge if you do. So Maryland beats Texas, correct? Yep. Who beat and dominated USA. Yep. And Maryland loses the Temple. What would the spread be between Temple and USC? Because <laughs> <laughs> let's think about this. Maryland beats Texas. Yeah. Texas beats USC. All right, so Maryland's better than Texas. Texas is better than USC. <laughs> Temple is better than Maryland. So it seems like USC is the worst. Temple is the best. What's the spread? USC by 14. <laughs> Jonas? Uh, and, and, well, I'll tell you what. If Temple, if they did play and Temple won that game, uh, Clay <laughs> Helton would get fired at the tarmac. I, I can assure you that. When we come back, Brad Powers is going to make the following statement. He's going to tell you who the most overrated team in college football is. Uh, but first, let's go to uh, Steve DeSager for what's trending here on Straight Out of Vegas. In progress, number 23-ranked Arizona State is trailing at San Diego State, 20-14 to 14 Aztecs with about 11 minutes left. Number 10, Washington has picked up a victory at Utah, 21-7. to 7. Texas dominated USC, 37-14. The Trojans as a team, 16 carries, minus 5 yards rushing. Easy wins for the top three, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. Ohio State comes back to beat T. CU in Arlington, Texas, 40 to 28. BYU upset sixth-ranked Wisconsin. LSU with a field goal on the final play with the upset win at Auburn. Wins in the top 10 for Oklahoma, Notre Dame, and Stanford. As for Major League Baseball, the Cleveland Indians clinched the AL Central title for the third year in a row. Cleveland 15 nothing over Detroit today. The Dodgers won again at St. Louis, third straight game, 17 to four. Yasiel Puig with three homers, and the Dodgers are alone in first in the NL West now. Colorado got shut out again at San Francisco, three to nothing. Houston beat Arizona ten to four. Brewers lost while the Cubs won. Boston a winner while the Yankees lost. The Cleveland Browns say they will release wide receiver Josh Gordon on Monday. Jacksonville running back Leonard Fournette with his bad hamstring. Well, the team is not optimistic he'll play, according to NFL media. Boxing in Vegas tonight. Canelo Alvarez with a close majority decision over Triple G. Gennady Golovkin, who was the undefeated middleweight champ, and in late college football. Favored Fresno State now up 38-14 at UCLA early fourth quarter. Arizona pulling away mid-third, 41-17 over Southern Utah. Back to you. Thank you. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas, joined by Jonas Knox at the Fox Studios. He is the fans' champ. You better believe it. That's what I do. I represent the common man, R.J. You sharps out there. i got to represent us little people in the world. It's not going to be easy for you. No, Jonas. I know it's not. I, I'm, I'm very well aware of it. My, my track record so far as far as gambling goes this football season does not need to be brought up on the air, even though I just did. <laughs> it's not a good one. Notre Dame hangs on again. 
Uh oh, a little a little editorializing in the notes. 22-17 is a 14-point favorite over Vanderbilt. Notre Dame, Brad, most overrated team in college football. Yeah, that, that's the answer to the question. And, and we'll see Notre Dame for the third straight week win by eight points or less. And, and today, let's just talk about what happened in the game. Very misleading game. Notre Dame very fortunate to win just outright as a two-touchdown favorite. Vanderbilt, you want to talk about key turnovers? Vanderbilt fumbled in the end zone for a touchback. Vanderbilt dropped a touchdown pass. What clearly would have been a touchdown. It was at the five-yard line. That was four points thrown away. Vandy throws an interception in the end zone. Another possession. Gone. No points. Missed a field goal. Vanderbilt outgained Notre Dame, outplayed Notre Dame, should have won the game outright. Notre Dame still wins. If you look at it's one thing to have kind of a must not must fade list. There's no such thing. There's no team so overrated that in any situation you're gonna <laughs> auto play against. But there's teams you might play against three of the next four games or half the next number of games. When you look at Notre Dame as a team, when you look at their schedule, where do you see the best fade spot in the next game or two? Now, the reason we want it soon, we don't want the market to catch up to, uh uh-oh, they get upset, uh, really lose a game. Now, all of a sudden, everyone reevaluates Notre Dame. So when you have a team, and this is what the paradox is, when you have a team you think is overrated, you want to find a good spot to fade them, but you don't want to wait too long because the rest of the world will catch up to you seeing how overrated they are. What do you think about Notre Dame's next game or two? Uh, I fade them both games. At Wake Forest, first road trip for Notre Dame. Wake Forest, a team that doesn't get a lot of respect in the marketplace. And then following that is a team Notre Dame struggles with year in and year out, Stanford, a home game. And going into that game, as long as Notre Dame doesn't lose to Wake Forest, those teams are going to be pretty much in the, both in the top ten. Vegas and the market's going to give Notre Dame home field advantage. Notre Dame's going to be favored. And I'm going to say that week, Notre Dame shouldn't be the favorite in this game. They're clearly less uh, th- than uh, inferior to Stanford. When you guys see Notre Dame winning these games the way they're winning them, doesn't it remind you of the 2012 team that went to the national championship game and got exposed by Alabama? You remember they won a three-overtime game? They won another overtime game? They survived BYU? There were a lot of close games in that season, ugly wins, wins against Michigan uh, that they that narrowly pulled off. Like It reminds me a lot of that Brian Kelly team, and I wonder to, to that so point. So, Brad, if you, yeah, if we think about, is this Notre Dame team that good? Because I think Jonas uses the word exposed. I'm just going by memory. I think that Notre Dame team was probably at least a top five team that year. They were. Yeah. I mean, just Alabama. And, 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't Alabama, but they were a top five team. Where do you have Notre Dame right now in your power rankings? Number 18. Okay, so I think you're right, Jonas, in that this team looks better than they really are. But I think the, this team's baseline, Notre Dame, is not near what that undefeated team was. Guys, we're coming to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Next up, Oklahoma with a win, although a tougher game than I think a lot of people expected over Iowa State, 37-27. So Oklahoma is about an 18-point favorite in this one, so clearly didn't cover the point spread against Iowa State. Offense, Oklahoma looked great yet again. Quarterback Kyler Murray is clearly in the top three of the Heisman. Here's my concern with Oklahoma. Yet again, if they want to compete with the Clemsons and the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world, 
I'm still seeing some major issues on the defense side of the ball. Today against Iowa State, gave up 450 yards to an Iowa State team that was playing without their quarterback. Quarterback lights them up. They can't handle a 6'6 wide receiver. That's a three-star recruit. Burns them a couple for a couple long touchdowns. They can't match up with them. Oklahoma's defense, concerned moving forward for Oklahoma's defense. Maybe won't catch up with them in the Big 12, but if they're in a big playoff game again, I, I just don't see that defense good enough to be able to beat a Clemson or an Alabama. Where do you have Alabama right now in your rankings? Number one, and where? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a, that was that was easy. a trick question. That's it was the so easy. Question you asked me all night. Where do you have Oklahoma? Number five. Okay, so they're just in that next tier. Yes. All right. Now they're run. Their QB Murray. He was 25 to one to win the Heisman in the preseason. He looked mighty good. He did. And keep in mind, first road start for Murray here at Oklahoma. 21 out of 29, 300 plus yards passing. Is very mobile. He's now in the top three or four of the Heisman, and his odds are right around like 10 to 1. Happy with my 25 to 1 ticket on him to win the Heisman. Okay, Iowa State, Kyle Kemp out today. Which, what did we learn th- with his absence? Here's what we learned he's not as valuable, uh, valuable as what the market thinks. And the market thought he was worth four or five points. Well, the reality is he's not worth that much because the, the backup, Zeb Nolan, went out and threw 350 yards against Oklahoma's defense. It'll be very interesting to see how the market adjusts to that because now I'm saying Kemp's only worth the, you know a couple points instead of four or five. Guys, a nightmare season early on for Florida State continued as they were hammered by Syracuse on Saturday. So here's what's even a bigger, I would say, outlier. And boy, a lot of spoiler alert here. It could be a long year in Tallahassee. Syracuse, their quarterback, Eric Dungy, one of the top ten most valuable players in the country, gets hurt early in the game for Syracuse. I'm betting this game in live, and I'm liking Syracuse so when you before say, the game. when you say in live, in-game betting. In-game so, betting. So those who are not familiar, and this has really emerged in the last five years, the ability. Now, were you betting game, and Fezzik is a master at it. What's it been? It's been maybe three years ago. ESPN sent TV, sent out a film crew, Michelle Steele, if I'm remembering, and she's always been very kind with us brought out a film crew and was watching almost like imagine when there's a prodigy playing piano <laughs> and on 60 minutes they bring a film crew in to see him play yeah. they wanted to see fez betting in game they did not disappoint a guru at that when you bet in game brad are you betting are you getting a line after every play of a football game or at the breaks when when there's a stoppage in play a lot of times at the break stoppage of play Okay, is there anywhere, Fez, that, that you can bet after every game? Just give me a thumbs up or down. Yeah, so every game. Oh, I'm sorry, every play. Wow, that's amazing. So you were betting in-game, and what did you observe? Well, what I observed, well, what I thought I was going to observe is a Syracuse quarterback, a Tommy DeVito, to really struggle, which he did when Eric Dungy got hurt in the opener. Not the case against Florida State. DeVito looked great, was capable throwing and running the football, and keep in mind, at that point, Syracuse was only up thir- three to nothing in the second quarter. After that, they absolutely destroyed Florida State. Major problems in Tallahassee. Now, Fezzik was talking before the show and made, I thought, a great point. Yeah, this team, this Florida State team, is not as good as we expected. They're shockingly bad considering the pedigree, but maybe not as bad as we think because the offense is so different schematically. And we've talked about this all spring, all summer. You make a fundamental schematic change, 
it takes a while for the team to catch on. So do we mitigate this catastrophe a little bit because of that? We do. Because it was a massive change. They're going up-tempo, completely different style from what they were running under Jimbo Fisher, which was basically a couple tight ends, pro style, using the running back. Completely different system for Florida State. Still doesn't excuse three horrible performances. Last thought on this. I'm an NFL specialist. Second hour, we'll be talking NFL, previewing all the big games. We went 4-1 and one last week in the Super Contest Gold. We'll be giving you those picks. That's a $5,000 entry tournament in the nfl even the worst teams tend to bounce back if you just say show me every team that loses by 30 i'm going to play them blind you're going to do pretty well you're going to you know in the long term you're doing better than break even you're going to profit just doing that now there's no guarantee you're going to profit doing that in the future why because these are professional organizations and i would make the case last year maybe the giants gave up a little on d Maybe Denver did. Otherwise, every team plays hard. Now, week 17 is a little different, but even week 16, you're seeing hard play. You don't see tanking in the NFL. You don't see teams get so discombobulated. They're 10 points worse than we thought. In college football, sometimes it's less institutional. There's less money. I know there's a lot of money, but it's just not a professional organization. Sometimes a team can just be so much worse than we thought. Some of that is players not as good as we thought, but some of it is the turmoil internally just causes a catastrophe. Jonas, what's been your experience observing that? Well, I actually think it makes a lot of sense to your point because it's like getting dumped. Didn't it feel different when you got dumped at 18 as opposed to 28? At 18, you get dumped. It feels like your life's over. At 28? Hey, where are we going tonight? You know what I are mean? You speak, like, are you speaking from experience? Hell yeah, yeah. I'm speaking. Come on, voice of the fans. Come on. I represent the common man. We've all gotten dumped. <laughs> oh, true enough there. Brad, <laughs> quick thought. Yeah, I mean, I, here's the word for Florida State. It doesn't get any easier for them. <laughs> Coming into the season, we're going to play a top five schedule. So there's nothing for them to rebound when you got Clemson, road trips to Miami, road trips to Notre Dame, Florida on deck. I don't see this one turning around by the end of the year. When we come back, we're going to talk about another team with big time. I don't know, big time coaching problems? Let's just say a big coaching disappointment so far. That's next, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, guys, jumping into our next game, uh, maybe not the hot coaching turmoil that Florida State may turn into, but Nebraska, another loss, this time to Troy. Yeah, so so last week for Nebraska, five-point favorite against Colorado, lose outright, and that's no big deal. Today against Troy, Double-digit favorite for the Huskers. Expected to rebound. Not the case. This game was pretty much played out to the final. Troy was the better team. Big story before the game, Adrian Martinez, the Nebraska starting quarterback coming in this season, was taking snaps, was running the option, and yet he's a late-game scratch right before that. The walk-on that comes in the backup, he can't run the option offense like Scott Frost needs. So they were a little bit limited offensively. Still no excuse for Nebraska to lose as a double-digit favorite. Some historic numbers for this program. First time they're 0-2 since 1957. Nebraska's lost six straight home games now, dating back to last season. And how about Scott Frost, the head coach? I love this one. Let me give this one. Yeah. I tweeted this out at RJ in Vegas. Scott Frost is 24-2. He was as a starting quarterback at Nebraska 
0-2 as a head coach. So as many losses as a head coach after two games as he had as a starting quarterback after 26. So you're saying he's 24 and four? Seems like a pretty good record to me, guys. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, come on, I don't like we think can't that's be so the negative. way it works, Jonas. Uh, by the Maybe way, for the fans, but not here in Vegas. <laughs> uh, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on car insurance? Meach probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Number 24, Oklahoma State, all over Boise State on Saturday. Okay, Brad, we're going to go quick take now. We went over the biggest games. One or two takeaways on these games. So Oklahoma State dominates Boise State, wins by three touchdowns. A little bit of a deceiving score. Yards were even. A couple of defensive scores for Oklahoma State. Big story here. Biggest line move of the weekend was in favor of Boise State. Boise State opened up on like a four-point road underdog, closed a favorite in this one. Obviously that big money wrong here with the Broncos losing by three touchdowns. And it reinforces the point, guys. A drunk baby. Now, he didn't get drunk on purpose. He got into the bourbon. A drunk baby flipping coins hits 50%. A guy like Fezzik, a guy like Brad, professional batters, they win 55. The difference is one out of 20 games. We're striving to find out, tell you who the wise guys are on, who we're on. But again, understand, 55% is the goal there are no sure things. Guys, number 11, Penn State is back. You want a dominant victory over a powerhouse program, Penn State, all over Kent State. Yeah, so no need to, to upgrade or downgrade the Penn State power rating too much. They crush Kent State, expected to crush Kent State by five touchdowns. They do better than that. They win 63-10. to 10. Here's something to keep in your back pocket because the Buckeyes of Ohio State come into town in two weeks. I'm noticing Trace McSorley, the All-American all quarterback for them, very accurate passer his entire career. First three games of this season, looks like he's pressing. He's trying to do too much, forcing it down the field. Keep in mind, he doesn't have Saquon Barkley next to him, doesn't have the All-American tight end, Mike Gusecki. If he's completing 50% of his passes like he's done the first three games, Penn State's not beating Ohio State in two weeks. Next game, we've got, oh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I have an affinity for Kansas. My best buddy was there for about 15 years. But boy, Mangino won the Orange Bowl. Think about that. Now, the first back-to-back -back win since 2011. So Kansas, an historic win last week. First road win since 2009. An historic line this week. First time they're favored over a Power 5 team since 2009. How about this one? And you want to talk historic. Don't don't read too much in these Kansas blowout wins. Plus 12 turnovers the last two weeks. Okay, guys, we did it. We gave you the recap of recaps in college football. Now we're turning the page and looking at the NFL previews and best bets coming up. It's a big week in the NFL matchups all up and down the board. He is RJ Bell. I am Jonas Knox. This is straight out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio, the all NFL hour coming up next here on FSR, straight out of Vegas here, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm RJ Bell, and we are straight out of Vegas tonight, hour two. Joined by pregame pro Steve Fezzik, number one NFL expert, the only two-time Super Contest champion. We're going to be breaking down Vegas-style every game this hour in the NFL. And here's my personal promise about this show the next hour. If you bet sports, you can't afford not to listen. And every fan will learn things 
that others are missing. And we're joined from the Fox Studios by the fans champ, Jonas Knox. Yeah, damn right. The voice of the fan, the voice of you, the common man. And we do this all live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios for 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Guys, let's get right into it. NFL action, 1 p.m. Eastern time kickoff at FedEx Field. Colts, Redskins. I tell you about this, Fez, is I like the Colts more today at 0-1 than I did before the season started at 0-0. Here's why. Coin flip loss. Could have went either way. If anything, I would make the case that the Colts probably would have won that game over 50% of the time. Agree, disagree, against the Bengals. Agree. They're up up double digits in the second half. Lost a coin flip. Okay. Now the Bengals look better than we thought with the win on Thursday. And guys... This is an important tip. Early in the season, you've got to take every piece of data. Like imagine when you're hungry, there's not much in the cupboard. You don't want to go out and get anything. So you get kind of, there's cheddar cheese crackers and you're scooping some cheddar onto them. Every morsel matters, right? Well, that's the same way with info early in the season. We've got to upgrade Indy a little because of how good Cincy looked. Here's another reason I like Indy better than before the season. I had major questions about Andrew Luck's arm strength. He played a lot in the preseason but did not throw downfield. He looked mighty fine. He looked mighty fine throwing downfield in game one. Add it up. I'm higher on the Colts. What's your thoughts about the Colts and the game in general, Fezzik? Well, I think it's all about line value and overreaction, like you said, to the Colts losing the game at the end. The line on this game just 10 days ago on the look-ahead line was three points, and now Washington is up to a six-point favorite. Overreaction, like you said, I like the plus six. And obviously Washington looked good, no doubt about it, but it's one game. I always give this example is if a team wins a baseball game in August— how excited do people get? Oh, they won 10 to 1. They must be great. No, they look at the whole season. We don't have a whole season, but it's only one game. Now, some listeners are like, man, I thought RJ was smart. It's one out of 16 in the NFL, one out of 162 in baseball. Yeah, that's how much that win or loss affects your chance at the playoffs and other things. But why does one game tell you any more? It doesn't matter how many games you play, one game is one game, and in general, in week two, what we do is fade those great performances in week one. We play on the teams that don't play as well in week one, and I agree with you. I like the Colts. You like – it's not a lean, it's a like. Correct. Guys, we go next to the NFC South, and we go specifically to Atlanta, where the Falcons come off some extended rest, sitting at 0-1, hosting the Carolina Panthers. This is a 1 Eastern time kickoff on Fox. Now, Fez, i got to take some credit. We did our podcast on Wednesday. You came in, uh, I like the Falcons. Now, that's not quite your voice, but just for a fact. We talked, we talked, we talked, we taxed, we talked. Come Friday morning... I said, Fez, where are you on the Falcons? And you said... I'm leaning a little bit to the Falcons. Oh, you went from liking to still smidge leaning. So make your original case, and why did you reconsider? Thought it was a great spot for the Falcons, a team I have rated better than Carolina, off of a loss, 
10 days off to prepare for this game, and I love betting week two in the NFL, an 0-1 team straight up against a 1-0 team. And I think you're right. Falcons in the following way. Falcons are a home team. That really, that advantage of being home matters to them. Fast track and all that stuff in the dome. Number two, an 0-1 team that has real playoff ambitions, got to be extra focused. But to me, it's about the premium. The lines, what, what are we seeing now, six? We are. So three for home, what, a point maybe or so for the extra motivation, the must win. So now we're at four. Atlanta, are they really two points better than Carolina, all things equal? Maybe. But heck, that gets you to six. We've got to get to seven or seven and a half to really like this game. And the only way to do that is to look at the Falcons and trust their stats more than the scoreboard. And that's why the wise guys, and here's a bold statement, the wise guys have bet the Falcons more than any NFL team since the start of last season. The line moves have been drastic. But why? Because their stats have been better than their record. And oftentimes the wise guys trust the stats. But the red zone's been the problem for the Falcons. And oftentimes wise guys think the red zone's luck. That in the long run, those four-point plays are going to swing. The more I talk to guys I trust, Sarkeesian is getting out-schemed in the red zone. I don't think the poor performance of Atlanta is all luck. What do you think? I agree with you. You've made your case. And also, Freeman, their number one running back, is out for this game. That's two, They're two best defensive players for the Falcons out, too. Now, Carolina's O-line's beat up, too. This game's a tough game. And remember, guys, as a better, your biggest advantage is you can pass a game when you're not sure. I'm passing this one. Guys, the injury everybody's been watching and monitoring is Aaron Rodgers as he and the Packers host the Minnesota Vikings one Eastern time, noon local time at Lambeau on Fox. Oftentimes in sports betting, you, it, there's not definitive answers. It's art. It's not science. This is definitive. Aaron Rodgers is the most valuable player in the history of the NFL. He's worth 10 points per game. No one ever. Jim Brown... Gail Sayers, Jim Thorpe, never worth 10 points per game. Now, does that mean Aaron Rodgers is the best player of all time? No. It means he's the best quarterback today, and the quarterback position is more valuable today than any position has ever been in the NFL. I think if Aaron Rodgers were 100% healthy, Green Bay would be three here. Lambeau is one of the best home fields. If he doesn't play... Minnesota 7, the fact we're seeing 1.5 and, and 2 speaks not to, I think, him not playing, but rather him being less than 100%. Fez, leaner like in this game. I don't see how I can play it. I've got no opinion without knowing about Rodgers. And again, it's back to that idea is if you don't have a certain, not certain, but if you don't have a confident feel about a game, you pass it. And if we sat here and tried to act confident about every game, run the other way, because oftentimes there's questions that are not answerable about a game, and thus passing is the best bet. Guys, we go to Buffalo next, where we've got the debut at starter for Josh Allen, the rookie quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, as they host a very angry L.A. Charger football team uh, that at one Eastern time kickoff. 
You know, the thing I love about Jonas, and, and he's, I, I mean, a personal favorite of mine is the way I'll say it. He adds color, you know, a couple words of color. Some guys, they clear their throat, <clears throat> and they're going to tell you a story. The windy fields of Buffalo, we're up in northern New York, it's windswept, four straight law. you know, no, no, no. He gives you a little color. I think, though, he didn't give enough here. Do you want to just say rookie Josh Allen? Give me something better to describe Josh Allen. Um, how about a quarterback for the most disastrous team in football over the last 10 months? Is that that better? The handling of the quarterback situation in Buffalo? You know, he I, makes a good point. This team, the Bills, made the playoffs. And they're now, Fez, not only your number 32 team. Who's 31 and how many points different do you have that 31 team better than the Bills. I have Arizona, my 31st team. They are four and a half points better than the Buffalo Bills. So if the Bills went into Arizona, you think the line would be over a touchdown. 31 versus 32 in Arizona over a touchdown. Seven and a half, baby. Okay, so you might be thinking, oh, we're going to get a Chargers bat. Here, guys, simplify your life, and here's a tip for you in the NFL. Do not lay over a touchdown on the road under any circumstances. Last 30 years, you would have won 45% of the time. And I promise you, every home dog over a TD wasn't very good. All right? You can't say, well, the Bills suck. Well, maybe, but every team getting over a touchdown at home is not very good. On the other hand, every team laying over a touchdown on the road is quite good. I'm not even sure the Chargers are. I don't want to hear the stories. For me, it's dog or pass. I'm passing. Because Josh Allen is not getting any of my money. Fez. I'm passing as well. Reasons to avoid the charges. We talked about it last week. Early in the year in September, you really don't want to take that West Coast team traveling east for that early start time because so much of the preseason were night games. Big body clock adjustment. Also, Bosa not playing for the Chargers. When we come back, we have a game I do like. And this is actually one Fezzik talked me into, and it involves the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's all next here, straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm RJ Bell, and we are straight out of Vegas here on the Las Vegas Strip. It's currently 89 degrees, and the neon is humming. Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan, here on Fox Sports Radio, and we do it all live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Beach probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We will now go to Heinz Field for a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you hear that Heinz Field? See, that's the color we love from Jonas. Fez, you convinced me on this game. I'm a Steelers fan, but I would say I bet against them at least 60% of the time I bet the game, which means I'm objective, and my record on these games, Pittsburgh games, is excellent. But I, I see one flaw in my thinking. When they look horrible, the Steelers, I become a fan, and I'm like, oh, Big Ben's finally old, and Le'Veon Bell, come on, get into camp. And that was my thought after the Browns tie. The Browns, come on. <laughs> but you made a couple of great points about Can- – and, and listen, I loved Kansas City last week. It was one of my best bets. They look great. But I like Pittsburgh now. Make your case. 
and I'll follow up. You like Pittsburgh, too. Yeah, let me make the case to go against Kansas City here. So it's their second road game, and as it turns out, as Brad Powers alerted me, Teams that have to play back-to-back on the road in the NFL, that second game, they are atrocious against the spread. They're on it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it just back-to-back on the road? Weeks one and two. Okay, you didn't say that. So let's start over and actually say the trend correctly. Right, so a team that has to play week one on the road, and then they play week two on the road, they're 0-12 against the spread. So this is three years? Yes. Okay, are we really taking that seriously? Well, I don't discount it. Okay, so you're leading with this. Yes. So start over. Just act like no one's listening. Why do you like Pittsburgh? I like Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is in a home run spot here, and Pittsburgh has a very high ceiling. When this team is motivated and all in, they can play with anyone. But so often when Pittsburgh is not motivated— I agree. There's no—and Colin Cowherd talks about this on the herd all the time. There's no team— that has more uh, higher variance, more ebbs and flows in effort level. And and play, too, I mean, in a way, because there's so many turnovers when Ben's not playing well. Let me give you a stat that isn't just week one and two, but it's something, Fez, you talk about a good bit, which is if you have a road dog the prior week, Kansas City road dog in, in uh, Los Angeles against the Chargers, and they win the game outright, now they're on the road again, and they're an underdog again. And I think that's an example like in baseball where a team looks at a series and says, oh, I want to win. we want to win two or three. You win the first two, sometimes a little flat. I feel like they probably looked at this and said, if we can get a split, Casey, we're going to be happy. They've already got one, and now they have to travel they just did from the West Coast, or from Central to West and back. Now to the East, those teams last 30 years only cover 46.7%. So you might say, ah, 46.7%. Think about this. 457 and 522 against the spread. That 1,000 reps, a team struggles in this spot, a dog off a win, a dog again. And a point you make wonderfully, Fez, is this is the fourth out of five road game for Kansas City. Wait a minute, you might say. This is only week number two. Well, preseason. Well, preseason doesn't count, no? Maybe not when it comes to intensity of the games, but when it comes to getting on the plane, flying, busting into the, or whatever these teams do, I don't know if they're luxury busting in to the hotel, staying at a place they're not comfortable in, et cetera, et cetera. Fourth road game in five weeks for KC. People will pay big attention to that during the regular season, but they won't pay attention to that when it overlaps with the preseason. You like Fez Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh in this game. Guys, we talked about Aaron Rodgers and the injury at quarterback for Green Bay. Another team dealing with a starting quarterback injury is the Tennessee Titans as they host the Houston Texans one Eastern time in Nashville. We mentioned our... Super Contest Gold, $5,000 entry, 4-1 and one last week. One loss was Houston. Now, usually, if you're plus 6.5 and, and lose by 7, I mean, you hear this, especially if it's Brad, he'll tell a long story. <laughs> no! I never felt like we should have covered that game. It would have been nice to, but I didn't feel like we got ripped off at all. 
I was very disappointed in Houston. What do you think of the game this week, Fez? Well, I think it's all about the injuries to Tennessee. Let's face it, the Tennessee head coach, when asked about his quarterbacks, he says, oh, I feel good about them. I expect both Mariota and Gabbert to both play. What's this? Why is Gabbert playing? Clearly, Mariota has something wrong with his elbow. Wow. But would the coach say that? I mean, like, the inju- what's the injury report say? It says that he's likely to play. He's got an elbow issue. Jonas, what's your thoughts? When do we start asking the question whether or not Mariota's leaning more towards bust than an actual quality quarterback in the NFL? Nine months ago. Okay, yeah, I, because I, I feel like he kind of gets protected because it's a team that a lot of people don't really discuss um, on, on a national level. And I feel like if you look at his numbers, I mean, what, he's had one good season, he's got a career-losing record. Is he that much? Uh, is it that much of a downgrade there if he doesn't start for Tennessee hosting Houston? Well, it is, right? I mean, there's two questions here. One, is this guy in the top half of the league – at quarterback and I think those questions are super valid and I don't think he is the next question though is how big of a downgrade to Gabbard I have to say it's more than a few so Fez how many points you think I have it as a four point downgrade a healthy Mariota versus Gabbard but now Mariota's not healthy okay so Carson Wentz now remember now there's been the Super Bowl since and all that but when he went down Nick Foles was the backup what did you think the downgrade was? Four-point adjustment. So, Jonas, in a weird way, I, I think we all agree Wentz is a top, at least top seven quarterback. Yeah. And he's four points to Nick Foles, but Nick Foles mighty good backup. Now we got Gabbert. Now, where's Gabbert rank? And again, broad strokes, Fez, 1 to 32 amongst the backups. 25th. Yeah, so when you have a below-average backup, that even below-average quarterback for a starter, starter, is valuable. Yeah. I'm, so what are you going to do in this game? You know, I actually would lean to Houston, even though you have to lay three now, because of the quarterback situation with Tennessee and their left tackle and right tackle for Tennessee are both out as well. Okay, so remember, guys, lean means we're forcing Fez at gunpoint. No, not really. We're, but we're forcing him to make a lean. But when he likes it, that's the games like Pittsburgh where he's going to take off the rubber band. Speaking of liking... Next game in rotation, Jets-Dolphins. It's Fez's best bet coming up in less than a half hour. Game after that. Philadelphia at Tampa Bay as the Eagles go to visit the Buccaneers coming off their opening. Both teams 1-0, so both teams an undefeated matchup there at Raymond James, a 1 Eastern time kickoff on Fox. Fez, do you know Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? I did know that. <laughs> you did? Okay. Boy, was there any performance more surprising than Fitzpatrick looking like top five quarter. Imagine if that was in the Super Bowl, what would be saying? Man, I mean, in a weird way, that's why with Foles, you got to so appreciate that performance in the Super Bowl. But when you see uh, Fitzpatrick do something like this, it shows you these second, the better second string guys are not necessarily all that bad. It's just they're not consistent and they don't have a big upside. What's your take on the game? I'm going to talk about home field advantage here. I think that this stadium is going to be half full, at least, with Eagles fans. So Tampa, one of the smallest home field edges in the league, normally at two points, it might only be one to one and a half in this game. All right, so less home field. 
What's your take on Foles right now? Because it's been an ebb and a flow, no doubt, with the Super Bowl being the pinnacle. Yeah, so I saw all of him in preseason. I'm very down on Foles. I thought he played really horrendous during preseason. Horrendous for a starter or horrendous for a backup? Horrendous for even a backup. Wow. But it's preseason. how how, how, How did you look at the first game against the Falcons? I thought he was below average for a starter but much better than what I'd seen in August. So it's so important to keep in mind that Foles is going to have, and and this is why this line surprises me, because I'm always thinking, what's the average guy, the guy with the fanny pack eating the deep fried Twinkies down on Fremont Street, he's going to say, I get the Super Bowl champions and I only have to lay three? And against Tampa Bay? And I got to tell you, whenever I agree with Fanny Pack Guy, I'm scared. I think I agree here. Could you really? The only way you could bet the Bucks is make the case somehow this line should be less than three, where it's almost a coin. I mean, does that make any sense? It makes no sense it to me. It feels like they're baiting you in to betting the Eagles here, which scares me too. I feel like a total square, if not a rectangle here. I like the, I, I lean, excuse me, to the Eagles. I lean there too. And Jonas, let me tell you something. Being a fan, the fan's champ, in my opinion, and not having to worry about betting and making a living at it, I'm jealous in a way. I mean, obviously, floating around not knowing what I know can't be fun, but there's got to be a certain relaxing quality to just kind of shrugging about things like this. Yeah, but I think that kind of gets canceled out when you continue <laughs> to place losers on a consistent basis. And, and you bet with your heart, and you don't really do the research, which is what most of us do. Uh, What's usually your gut feeling on this game? If I just said, who are you going to bet? Eagles, Bucks, you got to bet. I'm going to bet. give you a, a free nickel bet on the game. Who would you bet? I would bet Philadelphia. See? Yeah. See? That scares me. Only scares only me only because Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, I think Jim Schwartz is a better D coordinator. I think he's going to have his team prepared. They know what's coming. I still don't trust Tampa Bay's defense. It's not like New Orleans was kept out of the end zone a week ago. They lit him up big time. I just I can't I can't put my money behind Ryan Fitzpatrick to do it again a second week. But what Speaking the hell do of I that, mean? Saints, Browns, and right now Saints favored by nine and a half at home. Talk about a shocker, and it's the flip side of Fitzpatrick. The Saints' D last year was above average by a smidge, I think. And that made the Saints, in my opinion, maybe the best team last year. Now think about that a second. I think it's possible the Saints were the best team in the NFL last year. Do you object to that aggressively, Fez? Not aggressively. Okay. So you think clearly not, though? I think clearly not, but they're they right go there. They into Minnesota. A lot of people thought Minnesota was the best team. And You're Min- nodding on radio. Minnesota was laying five. So, so clearly the market was saying that they were the better team. Yeah, but remember, Minnesota has got a four-point home field. So some people thought, many thought Minnesota was the better team, or I'm sorry, the best team in the league, and they were considered one point better than the Saints. They're certainly in the same conversation being comparable. Okay. Yes. But now the only way that happened last year was the Saints having an above-average D. They look like the worst defense in the NFL last week. What's your takeaway and what's your leaner like quickly on this game, Saints-Browns? You know, I think New Orleans bounces back, and I did have to downgrade their defense, but still I love the spot that they were laying double digits. They lost outright. So hold on. So your takeaway on the D was you downgraded them. 
I mean, I'm at, let me just slow down. Slow down. I want you to just answer my question. How are you handicapping that defensive performance last week? I am giving them a little bit of a break and thinking their defense will be worse this year, but not nearly as worse as the public thinks it may be after off that performance. Why? What is it about that performance that you think is not the truth of the Saints? I think if there's one week in the NFL that strange things can happen, it's week one out of preseason. Okay, so you're saying higher variance week one? Yes. Looked horrible, but it could be a fluke. Correct. But boy, this is a week where how the Saints D does is going to if they play really bad again, now you got to get worried. It's put up or shut up. Think about it, RJ. If you're better at someone at tennis and you f- lose to them after beating them all the time, the next time you play, you're bringing maximum effort. Jonas, quick thought on this game. Well, I want to ask you guys. Maybe we can do it after the break. But what is? I know week one is really difficult to bet, and it's why a lot of people maybe stay away from it because you don't really know what you got. But are you really sure, to, to Steve's point, when he talks about, you know, crazy things happen, fluky things happen, do you just fade those teams that had a big week one going into week two? Is that is that the rule for professionals like yourselves? I think it's a very sophisticated game-by-game thing, but here's my general answer to that quickly. If you have a serious question about a team and the bad performance or the good performance answers that, I take it much more seriously than if it's just random. I didn't really think the Saints' D would drop off that much. The fact it did, now I'm, I'm concerned, but I don't think I've got an answer yet. Andrew Luck's arm, I had a very specific question. Could he throw downfield? When I saw him throw downfield, that question got answered for me. Oh, makes sense. See, that's why when, you make money and I don't. All right? <laughs> See, that's all Well, listen, you make money as a professional radio guy. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of that, when we come back, we're going to be talking about Perhaps the squarest bet on the card Sunday. And I wonder, is Jonas going to like this team? That's next here on Straight Out of Vegas. But first, let's find out what's trending. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, Herman Edwards had the upset of the week last weekend. Well, today he went back to his alma mater and he got schooled. Shotgun snap. Wilkins, a deep drop from his own 45. will air it out. Way high. All of them in the end zone. Knocked away. Game over. Game over. Aztecs beat Arizona State for the second consecutive year. Mighty 1090 AM. The final score, San Diego State 28, Arizona State 21. Not the only upset, though, on the board as BYU took out number 6, Wisconsin 24-21. Number 12, LSU a 22-21 win at number 7, Auburn. Number 24, Oklahoma State put the brakes on the number 17, Boise State train 44-21, while Texas humbled number 22, Southern Cal. 37 to 14. All teams in the top five were victorious. That being Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. On the Diamonds, the Dodgers 17 4 winners at St. Louis. That win, coupled with Colorado falling at San Francisco 3 0, moves LA in the first place in the National League West. Half game up on the Rockies. And the Rockies, by the way, sitting a half game up on St. Louis for the final National League wildcard spot. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident 
car buying experience. And in case you did miss it, Ian Rappaport reporting, Aaron Rodgers will start Sunday in Minnesota against the Vikings. Of course, Rodgers did practice today, and the Browns will release wideout Josh Gordon, claiming he violated their trust. That should happen on Monday. And of course, in Vegas, Canelo Alvarez won a majority decision over Gennady Golovkin, unifying the middleweight titles. Guys. Thank you. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas in less than 15 minutes. Best bats. And I'm Jonas Knox, and we come to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. To the Coliseum in L.A. we go. The Cardinals taking on the Rams. This is a 4.05 Eastern time kickoff, 105 Pacific on Fox. This is the squarest game of the week. People was looking at Arizona saying, man, did they look bad. They did. They did. And, Fez, you made the point watching the game film. They were getting beat, the Cardinals, on the line of scrimmage, which that tells you a lot. Rams, maybe the best team in the NFL. Fez, who's number one in your Vegas rankings? The St. Louis, now Los Angeles Rams. Crazy. <laughs> so the Rams, formerly known as the St. Louis Rams. That's interesting. Now, Jonas, we talked about fanny packs. We talked about deep fried Twinkies. If you had to bet this game, who would you bet? And right now, by the way, the Rams favored, as we said, by 13 and a half. I would take the Arizona Cardinals, who Whoa, also... Now hey, listen, are you just saying that? No, no, I, I really believe it. By the way, this is, uh, since we're met- mentioning X's here, uh, St. Louis is also the X of the Cardinals, okay? So let's get it right. This is the battle of St. Louis here, the Cardinals and Rams. But I really would ah. bet, I would bet Arizona here just based on... Look, the Raiders were in that game for a lot of that game on Monday night, and that's a coach who hasn't coached in in a decade. I still think there's talent in Arizona. I don't think Sam Bradford's as bad as people think he is. I I like them enough. I don't think anyone thinks Bradford's bad. I think they think he's fragile. But when he's in a game, does anyone think that Bradford is not in the top 20? I mean – my gut feeling for Bradford, eighteen to twenty-two. I've always right, thought Fez? he. I've always thought he was a quality quarterback. Always. Yes. Yeah. So I think if you're looking at season-long bets, you got to worry about Arizona. Now, again, we can talk about how good the backup is, the rookie. But to me, he is healthy, Bradford, right now. And in addition, David Johnson, probably the certainly, I think, the best running yeah. back. That it's not a super brand name. Out most of almost all of last year back. They looked horrible last week. Overreaction. Rams, about as square as you get here. They are mighty good. But think about it. Go on the street, guys. And if you have to bet a game for whatever reason, right, maybe it's a picks poor or whatever, ask yourself, who's Fanny Pack betting? I promise you they're betting the Rams. And we actually have Arizona as one of our Super contest picks this week. Now, let me ask this to Steve real quick on Arizona because he mentioned that he thinks Arizona is four points better in his power rankings over Buffalo. Is that strictly because of the quarterback and because Buffalo's got a rookie quarterback? It's part of it. It's not all of it. The Buffalo squad with a really bad O-line and just across the board is just uh, an absolute turmoil. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you the Bills last year made the playoffs with a net negative point differential. That's very rare. Tennessee did too, but they could hardly ever even be competitive unless they won the turnover battle. But Taylor, 
was very good protecting the ball last year. Now you take that away, you got the worst team in the NFL in Buffalo. Now, Fez, with Arizona, I sent you power ratings. I can't remember who they were, but it was another guy I respected. He had Arizona, I think, like uh, like 22. So you actually are very down on Arizona relative to other sharps in town. And think how powerful this is. Even with me having Arizona lower than a whole lot of other guys, I still think there's solid value in this game to back Arizona. Guys, speaking of uh, debuts, we've talked about Josh Allen's debut. And we've, I mean, does it get any better than what Matt Patricia put on tape on Monday Night Football? And now Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions travel to San Francisco-ish Santa Clara as they go to play the 49ers, a 4.05 Eastern time, 105 local time kickoff on Fox. Now, Fez, we could just have you from the soundboard say this. I love Jimmy G. <laughs> but we're going to do a little bit more than that, just a little bit more. You know what I think we do? Because this is a game I've actually grown to really like, Jonas. So let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll break this game down. And you'll get my very best bet on Monday Night Football and Fezzik's best bet. That's straight out of Vegas next to your Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox here at Fox Sports Radio. And we go straight to Levi's Stadium where the Lions are on the road looking to recover from a brutal Monday night football beat down to the Jets. They take on the 49ers, 105 local time on Fox. I tell you, Fez, you turned me on to this. I thought, and we talked about Minnesota, I think they could be the best team this year. Offensive line trouble injury-wise, but once they're healthy... I probably would say Vikings' best team. They covered against the 49ers. Scoreboard was deceiving. Absolutely. I bet the Vikings last week. I laid the six and a half, and I cashed my ticket, RJ, and I said to myself, wow, did I get lucky. Plus three turnovers for the Vikings. Vikings stuffed them on the goal line, San Francisco, and San Francisco dropped the touchdown pass as well. So just barely covered, and we're lucky to maybe even win the game. But everyone's saying, ah, Jimmy G finally exposed. I don't think so. Lions looked horrible in front of the world. Oftentimes, I'd be looking to play on them. The more I talk to guys I trust and read, I think the coach, the new coach, the rocket scientist in Detroit, maybe he's tearing it down before he can build it up. A lot of players are not happy right now. Absolutely. Locker room problems with Patricia and talk that the Jets knew their plays. And think about this Monday night game. Talk the Jets knew their plays, meaning that somehow, some way, they figured out the signals or whatever, which made them look even worse. Now, you might say, oh, that means the lines aren't as bad as they seem. But also, is there finger pointing, blaming? Seems like a team with a rookie head coach that's not quite ready for prime time, Detroit. Absolutely, and only five and a half days, RJ, to fix this because they played Monday night. Yeah, true. I like the 49ers here. I like the 49ers as well. All right, now, what's above a like? It's a best bet. You're going to get one from me. going to get one from Fezzik only two-time 
Super Contest Champion. Fez, best bet of the week? Miami Dolphins plus three. Now you're going to have to lay minus 120, a little extra vig, but the line is still three at the Jets. I think this is a classic reaction to an overreaction at what everyone, the public, just saw the Jets crushing Detroit on Monday Night Football. Hey, Miami played a really fine game themselves. Going into the season, Miami was supposed to win seven games. The Jets' season win number was lined at six. Miami was clearly perceived to be the better team. I still have them as the better team catching three good bet here okay now and and this is a great example we'll do this throughout the season and jonas let me you tell me if this makes sense to you from the fans perspective if you were to bet jets miami last week a week ahead the early line game was pick them now jets are three so net net we're saying the jets have gained three points on miami Jets look good. I think Darnold long-term, mid-term, a lot of cause for optimism. I'm not sure, though, the Jets look that good, especially considering a lot of this was a problem with the lines. On the other hand, the Dolphins won, too. They won against a playoff team. So does it make sense to you? We think there's value on Miami because there's three points more we're getting with Miami And what we saw last week doesn't justify that. Yeah, I think there's value on Miami just from the standpoint, if the Jets really did know the plays of the Detroit Lions, what are the odds they're going to know the plays of the Miami Dolphins? And if that was such an advantage, I mean, I just don't know how you could feel so confident that you're just going to ride Sam Darnold based on one game with a lot of other circumstances that went into the result. I think Jonas is going to evolve. I mean, it might take years. Let's be realistic. I think there's going to be a little evolution here. Now, my best bet, R.J. Bell says Seahawks plus three and a half. I think Seattle's underrated. Fez, we've debated this before. I think it's hard to say that Russell Wilson isn't a top seven quarterback. Agreed? Top three. You think top three? I got a braided in my third best quarterback. And others will say not that high, but top seven for sure. Here's the question I always ask. When has a top seven quarterback or top five or three even better not been a 500 team in the NFL the last five years and I only say five years because we know the quarterbacks become more important in recent years if you have a quarterback that good even if the rest of your team stinks you're usually about eight and eight right Absolutely. And in fact, the only example we could come up with was the New Orleans Saints did have seven and nine years with Drew Brees and a historically historically bad defense. I don't think Seattle's defense is historically bad. If anything, I've asked this question, Jonas, let me quickly ask you, who would you really want from the Seattle defensive players that's left? If you're a GM, you're like, man, I got to get that Richard Sherman. Come on. Who do you really want? Uh, Earl Thomas, the one who's still there. Exactly. So, yeah. of the players they lost, who do you really want? Um, yeah. Not, yeah. That's not, the point. Yeah. I think they made the right move. I, I mean, so I'm now they're that. saving. So, I'm not saying they're as good as they used to be. I'm saying they really haven't lost that much in 2018. And here's my stat of the week, save for the end. Last week, Seattle and Denver. When Denver plays at home the first two weeks of the year, last 30 years, they're 32 and three straight up. 32. Why? Because altitude. Early in the season, the opponent's cardiovascular fitness isn't there yet, and they're affected more by that altitude. 
32 and 3, and Seattle was ahead late in that game. On the other hand, you got the Bears. Everyone's excited. I think the Bears might be flat because they just lost the game that they were 95% chance to win. Best bet of the week, Monday Night Football, for me, Seattle plus three and a half. Guys, great show. Recap college. Obviously, previewing the NFL. You can follow me on Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. Next up, Jonas, there's a show I think uh, might be pretty good. Uh, it might be. I mean, we do our best. Uh, you know, we try and uh, try and save uh, save whatever we can and 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 unleash it all to the weekend overnight. Don't be hey, 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 don't be quoting any of my trends without attribution. No, no, absolutely not. I always give credit for that. I mean, that's what okay. I do. Uh, listen, I, I am the voice of the fan. I am not the voice of the criminal. Just so you know, <laughs> I do not. I'm no thievery here. Uh, I want to let you know we are brought to you by the uh, come to you live from Geico's Fox Sports Radio Studios. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Stick around. More next on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.